You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. We're in the third chapter of Shkalim. And we left the story uh, actually on a cliffhanger. So the emissary of the... um, of the temple had gone into the storehouse where the half shikalim were kept and he was about to withdraw the funds and uh, he would say to them should i make the withdrawal and they would say to him tron 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 withdraw 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 they tell it to him three times and he would be learnt that he would do this actually three times a year two weeks before each one of the foot festivals, the, the Rogalim. And now the Mishnah picks up, the fourth Mishnah in chapter 3, picks up and just discusses exactly what he does when he withdraws funds from the storehouse. So he's, in other words, he's going to withdraw funds into these baskets. We learn he's got three baskets. Each basket is about three in volume. And he's going to take the cash that's being contributed He's going to put it in the baskets and then we're going to take away the baskets and spend the money on, well, we'll see later today what we're going to spend the money on. And he's going to do this three times a year. Taram et arishona liot. He's going to make the first withdrawal and he covers it up with leather covers. So this will be the first one just before Pesach. So it's going to be round about the first of Nisan. Shnia. And he's going to cover over with leather covers again. Why is he covering it over? Well, around about the first of Nisan, most of the funds from the land of Israel have already come in. But money is still coming in from nearby cities and from faraway cities. And money will continue coming in between Pesach and Shavuot. And when he makes the second withdrawal on Shavuot, he wants to make sure that he's withdrawing money that's been sent in between Pesach and Shavuot. In other words, it's a the, the technique he's using, we would call in modern stock flow systems, last in, first out. So when he withdraws on Shavuot, he wants to start by withdrawing the money that's most recently been contributed. So when he finishes on Pesach, he's going to put this leather cover on the, on the piles of Shekalim. All the new Shekalim that come in after Pesach are going to go on top of the leather cover. And then next time he withdraws, he's going to withdraw the fresh money. And so it goes the second time. Shlishit, third time round, he doesn't cover. Well, the third time round's before Sukkot. He doesn't need to cover then because that's effectively the end of the year. So anything more that he draws down that year, he can draw down from any, essentially any one of the contributions. All we're doing for the rest of the year is drawing down what we need. And then a new year will start off six months later at the beginning of Nisan in the following year. So, Shlishit lo hayam Why does he cover? Shema yishkafi tron min ha-davar 
hut to run. He covers it up in case he would forget and make a new appropriation from, if you like, a batch of shekelim that already been had funds taken from them. How does it work? Taram is a Rishonal Hashem Eretz Yisrael. The first appropriation is in the name of the land of Israel. Because generally speaking, the half shekel from the land of Israel would kind of land in the storehouse before the first of Nisan. And the second comes from the cities which surround the land of Israel. Those are going to be places like, oh, I don't know, places close to Amman, Moab, um, places which are domestic, places which are close enough that they can get there before Shavuot. Vehashlishit, Vashum Bavel, Vashum Madai, Vashum Ridot, Harachokot. And the third withdrawal, that's the one on Sukkot, that's on behalf of Babylon and uh, media and behalf of distant countries. So he takes a third he, he takes a third off each time he goes in and he believe we he hopes that he covers different types of contributors each time round so that the total he takes off represent over the course of the year he takes off money that represents effectively the contributions of the whole of the nation of Israel however far or ha- or however near they are what does he do with the money? Hatrua mahu or simba. What do they do with the money? Lokhimba tmidimu musafim veniskehem haomer ushtia lechem velechmopanim vechol krobanatsibor. So they buy the daily burnt offerings and the additional burnt offerings and their libations and the omer and the two loaves. The two loaves are the loaves that they'll present on the altar at Shavuot and the showbread. The showbread lechem apanim that goes on the altar every Shabbat, and all the other public offerings. Shomreis v'chim b'shvi'it not lins charan mitruat alishka. People who guard the aftergrowths of the seventh year take their wages from the withdrawal from the chamber. So remember that the produce in the seventh year is hefka. Anybody who wants to can go into the fields and take it. But the Bet Din would send out, set out guards who would guard as much of the produce as they need for the, Omer, for the Omer offering and for the two loaves on Shavuot. Because if the, if the Bet Din doesn't have access to enough grain to bring those two offerings, um, gosh, I mean, those offerings are needed, <laughs> needed for the temple. And if we, on a, in the seventh year we can't buy that, that grain, we need to collect it from the Hefka. So they'd send out guards to guard it. And Rabbi Yossi says, Rabbi Yossi Omer, If a person wished, they could volunteer to watch without getting paid. Amrulo, but they said to him, But you two admit that they can only be offered out of public funds. The principle of the sacrifices is that they're all offered out of public funds. They're, they come out of the money collected from the half shekel. They belong equally to the whole people of Israel. Everybody has to contribute. The rich don't contribute more than a half shekel. The poor don't contribute less. If you're liable for the half shekel, you have to give. And the sacrifices belong to absolutely everybody together. 
So Rabbi Yossi, uh, th- those who object to Rabbi Yossi, the Chachamim who are objecting to Rabbi Yossi are saying, hang on, sure, someone can volunteer to guard without getting paid. But in that case, he's made a contribution to the offerings, which are not strictly from public funds, because he's taken this grain, which is Hefka, and he's brought it to the temple. So the grain that he's brought is no longer a public contribution. It's his personal contribution. That's their problem with Rabbi Yossi. And the Rambam agrees. I brought you the Rambam because he's so clear. The Rambam agrees, actually, not because of this problem of public and private. The Rambam seems to agree that a private person can donate his labor, if you like, into the temple. And then that labor is just considered part of the public funds. So the Rambam doesn't doesn't prevent someone volunteering for that reason. But there's also a security issue. So the Rambam explains in the sabbatical year, when the produce is owneless, the court hires watchmen to protect the produce that grows so they can offer the Omer and the two loaves because those can only come from the new harvest. And these watchmen receive their wages from the withdrawal from the chamber. And if someone volunteers to watch the produce without charge, someone who offers to watch without charge, we don't listen to him. Because of strong men, maybe some thug will come along and steal the new grain. Therefore, the sage is ordained that the watchman should be paid from the funds of the temple treasury. Not because they were, not because they believed that the individuals volunteering would turn the grain into a non-public offering, but they wanted to make sure that every the watchmen are paid from the treasury, so that everybody will know these are temple watchmen sitting there, and everybody will stay away from that place where the guards are posted. She'elu shomrim sham. Everybody will kind of keep clear of that place. What else did they buy with the offerings? Para v'sa'ir hamishtaleach ve'lashon shel zavarit ba'in mitruat alishka. So the the heifer and the scapegoat and the strip of scarlet. This is the scarlet which is burnt with the heifer. They all come from the withdrawal of, from the chamber. Kevesh para, the kevesh sa'ir, the kevesh sa'ir hamishtalech, the lashon shebein karnav, the ramp for the heifer, and the ramp for the scapegoat, and the strip of scarlet that was between its horns. What's the ramp? So they used to build a special ramp for the heifer, so the heifer could exit the... Uh, exit Jerusalem without coming into contact with any possible source of Tumah. So they build a kind of a ramp. This is the, the Kefesh is a ramp. They build a ramp through the city so the heifer could be taken out without coming into contact with the city. And they also built a ramp for the scapegoat, the Sa'ir um, Hamishtalef, the scapegoat that was sent away on Yom Kippur, because they were anxious that it couldn't, people would 
kind of grab it or bash it or try and pull its hair out as it left Jerusalem. They wanted to leave Jerusalem safely. So they built a ramp from the Temple Mount outside the city so that it could get out of the city safely. So these are the ramps. What else did they pay for? So the pool of water, this is maintenance of the pool of water, in other words, maintenance of the well, and the wall of the city and its towers, and all of the needs of the city came out of the remainder of the money that's in the chamber. So we've collected the money for the sacrifices. It's sitting in the chamber, and what is left over can be put to public works. Abba Shaul says, Abba Shaul Omer, Kevesh para koim grulim osin oto michel atzman. There is an idea in the Yerushalmi that the high priests would make a new ramp for the heifer each time a new high priest was appointed. So it's, it's as if each high priest didn't want to use the ramp that their predecessor had made, maybe in case it had become impure. And Abba Shaul said the high priest would pay for that ramp. And the Rambam says that the halacha does not go according to Abba Shaul. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.